ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching. Fashion trends. Pep talks where we give advice. Mental health moments. And games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host Kevin DeVries and as always if you'd like to reach us at the podcast you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Alright now we have a club update this time talking about West Ham United with Sean uh, who you may know from at West Ham Football on Twitter and Claret and Hugh and pretty much if you read anything or hear anything about West Ham it's probably him doing the writing and or talking. Sean, very nice to have you back on. Sorry it's not in better circumstances. Uh-huh. Let's start with just the football. There are so many issues surrounding the club at the moment, but let's just focus on the football thus far. How have West Ham gotten off to such a poor start? Well, I wish I knew. Um, you know, we had such a great season last season, and, you know, our, you know, no different really with our preseason. You know, obviously went out to America and, Austria and, and, you know, normal things that any Premier League team would do. Um, we we struggled in Europa, um, you know, after winning against uh, Dom Ziddle. Uh, we then, had, uh, someone joked that West Ham are the only Premier League team to have a Romanian bogey side. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, uh, as uh, some of our fans would go, we got beaten by the Roma- Romanian farmers, Astra Gugu. Uh, beat us for the second year and knocked us out for the second year running uh, out of uh, Europa League. Uh, And I think it all started from them, really. Um, You know, maybe you could say we were a little bit unlucky in our first two games playing. You know, we we played um, Chelsea and I would say that, you know, they deserve to have Costa sent off. And, you know, we held our own against a very poor Chelsea. Um, um, and then we played, oh, see, I've forgotten already, Arsenal, wasn't it? Was it Arsenal or Man City? Mm. I can't forgotten already, you see. Um, and, uh, uh, oh yeah, because it was Aguero, wasn't it? It was Man City. Yeah. It was Aguero that should have been sent off, and obviously he was banned for three games afterwards on video footage. Uh, would have ten men changed the game there? I don't know. 
we got that one win at Bournemouth, which really was a very scrappy game. You know, we won it in the 87th minute or not, 1-0. Um, and then, then we really started to go downhill. You know, um, we, we, lo- we lost 4-2 against Watford um, and had, you know, a lot of trouble in the stadium, which I'm sure you're going to talk about later. We then, back on that, lost 4-2 away to West Brom. Um, and then uh, we had a brief moment of excitement. It wasn't excitement. We, we faced Akron and Stanley um, in the League Cup. We won 1-0 for a Dimitri Payet free kick in the 96th minute. Um, just about deserved, but not really, to stay in it and face Chelsea next round. And, of course... Uh, Probably the worst, a 3-0 drubbing against um, Southampton on, on Sunday. And probably one of the worst exper- you know, performances I've seen in a long time. And by the way, do you know what? West Ham had scored in the last 18 games, which was a, a, a new record for us. Up until yesterday, Premier League games we'd scored in 18 games in a row since February 2016. Uh, again, against, funny enough, Southampton. And guess what? We didn't score again. Or not only did we not score again, we fell apart. We self-destructed. We lost 3-0. 11 goals now in three games we've conceded. It's atrocious. But it's not just a, a, def- a, a, a defensive problem. It's a midfield problem. It's an attacking problem. It's a management problem. It's the whole team. What it's not is anything to do with the London Stadium whatsoever. <laughs> it's not about the popcorn. It's not about artificial crowd noises that allegedly happened. It's not about two-foot hot dogs. It's not about fighting over standing or sitting. It's about none of this. This is all on-the-pitch stuff. Um, and I don't know. And, and Do you know what? It's a mystery to even West Ham what's going on. You know, first of all, dispel a myth. Bilic has not lost the dressing room, right? He's not, he's not, you know, suddenly the players lost in him. Um, you know, we've got quite, some have argued whether the quality of people we bought with a lot of freebies, etc., were good enough. But, you know, we built on what team we had last year and we should be doing a lot better than now. I hear there's, there's rumours there is a um, clear the air meeting tonight that they're going off to a restaurant, Bilic, and and the players to clear the air. Uh, and I do hear rumours that maybe um, Billich is a little bit, and I'm sure if you've seen him on the radio, he speaks his mind. He's a bit fiery and he can lose his temper. But, you know, these are professional footballers. Whether a manager, I mean, how would they have dealt with Alex Ferguson, who used to throw <laughs> shoes, for Christ's sake? So I, I don't see why, you know, a temper could be causing... Premier League footballs on the wages they are to get frightened, etc. It's obviously a confidence problem. And do you know what? It becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. The more pressure that goes on you, the harder it is to get out of it. Um, but I don't know the solution at the moment. Some people in the media have been calling for maybe Village was a one-season wonder and it's time for him to go. We ran a, a poll on Clarence Hugh today with over a 1,000 people, which makes it statistically accurate. And over 78% do not want him sacked. If he loses his fifth game on the row, he's, we've lost four in a row at the moment, 
If he loses his fifth Premier League game on the road on Saturday against Middlesbrough at home at the London Stadium on uh, Saturday, 78% of fans do not want him sacked. Um, mm. But I, I don't know. From the outsider, I don't know. What are you seeing from... I, I'm generally interested to hear what you're seeing when you're watching the games and, and where the problems are. Yeah, it definitely is... <laughs> not great to watch for starters there's a lot of lack of communication and a lot of players kind of walking and jogging around which you know it, it's the hardest thing to actually judge and the easiest thing to say in the media is there's an attitude problem because it's the one thing that they can't confirm or deny but it does look like that a little bit the second goal against Southampton where there were four defenders clustered and then just infinite space for Southampton to play through I think was a massive problem I, the the Balian, the Europa League thing, again, I thought was very surprising. Although, uh, I did see somebody uh, saying that at some point, Bilic had said you were willing to sacrifice the Europa League to try to get further up the table this season. You know, you, yeah. me, and Dan. Actually, no, that's not true. No, we really. actually, If you look at our squad, we mm. actually built a squad for both European. We built two squads, and which is why we went for mediocre rather than building one. We built a squad for... Cup games, let's just say cup games, not mm. only a European, but maybe domestic cup. We built one squad for cup games. We built one squad for the Premier League. Um, so no, it's not true that, that we, you know, we thought we could go a lot further. I'm not saying we could say we could win it. Mm. We, we thought we would get in the group stages of, of the, the Europa League, and, and we failed abysmally. Yeah. Obviously, you've had a lot of injuries uh with Cresswell and then you're like okay well we replaced him with Masuaka who last time you came on here you were talking about how the club are very confident in him now he's out on the right you had Byram looks like he's out now it's Nordvite who is more of a defensive midfielder maybe a center back probably not a right back you have loads of wingers Lanzini well, still looks know, good by the well, way well I don't know if you noticed but he, he moved Mikel Antonio back to right back Yesterday. Oh, oh no! Oh and no! Been, he's a winger. We were singing. He's a winger. He plays on the wing. He plays on the wing. Most headed and goals in 2016, Michael absolutely. Antonio. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if he's lost it, but he was a top <laughs> Premier League goal scorer, joint top, uh, as from entering the the, the uh, weekend. Yeah. Um, and he's incredible. You know, top as you as you said, top goal scorer from his head in, in 2016. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. What it is, you know, even our goalkeeper, Adrian. He looks a ha- shadow of himself, and I, I really like Adrian. As you say, left back, um, you know, we lost Cress. I think we really miss Cresswell. Um, but, um, I mean, Masu, I can never say his name. Masueke, what's his name? Masuaku. <laughs> Masuaku. Um, he, I mean, there's a lot of controversy about him. Uh, 1.8 million pound went missing in the deal, and we've got a private investigator investigating where the money went. Uh, Emilian Piarcos, chairman, has been involved in in alleged match fixing in the past. It's all on public record. There, there's a lot going on on that deal. But actually, at the end of it, he started brilliantly. You know, we were saying he was. I think I said he was one of the best players. And would Alan Cresswell get back into the team? And then he self-destructed and, and played the worst he's ever played and cost us probably at least one, possibly two games. Mm. Um, our centre-backs can't seem to hold, you know, uh, be consistent. Obana, um, Reed, we just can't. And, and James Collins, who, who, who's had some awful games, just can't seem to get a, a 
still partnership. Mm. As you said, on right back, we've had Antonio. Byron's just been shown up and, and just not up to it at the moment. Uh, and we put Abaloa in. And then we move into left back on, <laughs> on Saturday. Yeah. So but, but it's not just that. When you look above in midfi- uh, midfield, Coyote is one of our best players. And he is the shadow of himself. Yep. I don't know what's going on with him. Mark Noble, our skipper, also not showing up. You know, it's it's not just... You can't just blame it on the defence. Um, you've got to look everywhere. Even Payet seems to be a shadow of his, his previous self in the uh, Euros. And, and I hate to say this, but we're missing Andy Carroll. Zaza has not shown up. Yeah, Zaza has not shown up. And this Caleri guy from... From uh, Argentina, is, is is really lacking confidence. Everything but know? the finish, but he's significantly Everything. not having the finish. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, as I say, we want Duafro Sacco back. We want um, Aaron Cresswell back. We want um, Andy Carroll back. Uh, and it would be good to actually see what um, AU can do as well after spending twenty point five million on him. Yeah, everything's going not going our way, and. Um, you know, I, I guess we're trying not to panic. But this time last year, after six games, do you know where West Ham were? Uh, third? Second, briefly. Mm. We were second behind Man City and ahead of um, Everyone else. Leicester City <laughs> on goal difference. We had 12 points from six games. We had... Um, We'd conceded seven goals, but we'd scored 13. Yeah. Now, we've got the exact opposite. We've, we've lost five games. We've won one. We're on three points. We're in uh, 18th position. We've conceded 16 goals. And we've scored seven. Yeah. It, it's, it's a shocking state of affairs. It really is. Yeah. And. And, and 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 I've only you, you're lucky you've got me tonight because I've only just got <laughs> over the depression from, from Sunday. Fair enough. You mentioned that it's not the stadium factors, but uh, yeah. aside from the football, obviously there is a lot of news there. Um, some fans, as you already mentioned, have been blaming the stadium. You don't think that's it? What no. has that transition been like, though, outside of just the football? What's the experience been like? I mean, it's, it's not bad. It takes some getting used to. I mean, walking up to it is, is a bit like going to Wembley. Um, and I still haven't got used to it, even though I went on Sunday. So, you know, walking over the bridges is very much like walking down the Wembley Way. So many more people. And, you know, all the food places outside. It's got a very much a cup day feel of it. And you forget it's your stadium. It's such a massive place. Um, but, you know, it's got so much potential. Uh, there's so much change to begin with. So, you know, yeah, there have been problems. You know, when you migrate 26,000 people and you add another 26,000 people because we've got 52,000 season ticket holders, you're not going to get everything right first time. Um, so there were people that have stood for the last 20 years and people who've either never been before or who are used to stand, you know. So you, you've got people that stand, people want to sit, Old people, young people, disabled people, and unfortunately, and I'll tell you this for a fact, we had lots of salespeople, some of which were Tottenham fans, some of which weren't West Ham fans, working at Stratford, selling season tickets. Do you think they cared where people sit? Of course they didn't. 
they were bonus to sell season tickets. So they mm. just sold them any way they could. And they did a really good job because they sold 52,000 of them. <laughs> but they didn't really care where people sat. So we've moved over 250 people so far in season tickets. So if they, if they wanted to sit in there and stand in there, we've moved them. Uh, if, if they thought that the language was too right, we've moved them into a, you know, into a more serene uh, place. Family-friendly zone. <laughs> yeah, family-friendly. You know, yesterday um, at uh, the um, Southampton game, it was perfect. There were no trouble whatsoever. We had a small amount of problem at the Bournemouth game I went to, mostly caused by lack of segregation. We scored late on, which upset Bournemouth fans. They let Bournemouth fans come out at the same time it was a Sunday afternoon kickoff. Everyone had been on the beer because it was summertime. Uh, and, and a few people got Larry. Unfortunately, uh, it was a few isolated incidents. And this is what I'm going to tell you a common theme. Mm. The problem is someone recorded it and put it on YouTube. Half the problems in the London Stadium are all to do being exaggerated because of social media. And, you know, someone tweets out a picture or a YouTube video fighting you've got to remember this there's 57,000 people there in our seven games we've played there over 300,000 people have been through the door and yet the the video clips of two people fight two drunk people fighting is what makes the news you know um people in non-west ham shirts being photographed on social media so people in there in Man United, Chelsea shirts. Very disrespectful to go to another stadium in someone else's shirt. Again, that makes the news. You know, there was this thing that West Ham fans are fighting among themselves. Again, very isolated, heated disputes between two sets of fans. One we wanted to sit, one we wanted to stand. Heavy-handed stewards come in to break it up and they cause bigger problems. Same with segregation. Unfortunately, no segregation between away fans and home fans. He was asking for trouble. Hmm. All I'll say is now is when I went yesterday, police are everywhere, very visible. They've they've all they've they were seven hundred and fifty stewards, there's now nine hundred and fifty stewards. They've thrown a lot more people at it. It's a lot more pe- pleasant experience. Some people have taken the Mickey you can buy popcorn and uh Ben and Jerry's there. But this is modern football. And if people want to eat popcorn and they want to eat uh two foot hot dogs, so they've got street food um, stands and some gourmet foods and some specialist bitters. Why not? Choice. It's up to other people, <laughs> you know. In, in my day, you would have warm beer and, and, and a packet of peanuts. And nowadays, you'd like it. And you'd like it. <laughs> uh, nowadays, you wouldn't be allowed to sell peanuts because someone would have an allergy. Health and safety wouldn't allow you. Mm. Um, but that moves on to, you know, because a lot of, there's a lot of focus on our stadium now so we had um a journalist from the independent called tom peck who went to the stadium and uh he couldn't get in uh, he turned up late by the way and he couldn't get in and he complained on twitter to his official twitter following about a ticket chaos problem um i got involved in this and we found out that actually he'd been sent a print at home ticket and used the wrong one. He used his season ticket because he bought it too late and then tweeted out how ticket chaos and everything. 
It mm. made the news and everything. And he was very embarrassed afterwards. But did you know what? That doesn't make the news, that he got it wrong. He, right. he was sent an email with his ticket on that got lost in his PAM folder. Um, but the news was another kick ticket chaos in, in the a London Stadium. Mm. And the last example I'll give you is this silly, silly story about West Ham have been sending artificial crowd noise. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask about. So um, I wrote an article for Karen Hugh about this because it it made, you know, the lads Bible and it made 101 goals. It was tweeted out by some prominent, um, you know, Twitter accounts, including Hugh Wizzy from Arsenal, who who used to many years ago be on this podcast. And um, it was just rubbish. It was a, a neutral fan, and this is what annoys me, from QPR, said he heard it and tweeted it out. It was then repeated by a commentator called Martin Tyler, who I think commentates on uh, US uh, commentary of the Premier yeah. League, among others. Um, but there was nothing in it. And, and, you know, the club called me up today, quite upset about this, and said, Sean, you know, can you correct this? We, we have never, ever played crowd noises. We never will. We never have. It's just not true. And if you don't believe us, talk to our production company. And I got a statement from the production company as well, and they went, never done it. Absolutely, categorically, never done it. So, you know, the truth never matters. And, and part of what the club was saying to me today was, you know, it's not their job to be mythbusters, you know, to say there's so many myths that come out about the stadium. You know, there's a myth that you can't see, that you need a pair of binoculars from rival fans. There's a myth that, you know, we we, we can't fill it and it's full of empty seats. There's a myth that um, we play um, goal music. That was another one. We play goal music when someone scores. There's this new myth that we play crowd noise to try and substitute, um, uh, you know, atmosphere. All I can tell you is go yourself. Look at it yourself. Don't listen to social media. Don't wear someone people. else's kit. <laughs> it, and don't, but don't wear anyone else's. I mean, right. we, we did come down on that now. So if you do turn up in someone else's kit, uh, away fans allowed, obviously, uh, you will be denied permission to come in the Olympic Stadium. But it's a great stadium. It's iconic. I think it's going to be a great home for us. It's just going to take some, some time to get used to. But all I say is don't believe the hype. Go yourself, Kevin, when you're over. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, thank you for clearing all of that up. That should do it for us now. But thank you so much for rejoining us. Would you like to tell folks where they can find you? Yeah, they can find me on at West Ham Football on Twitter. Um, as you said earlier, I write for ClarenceHugh.info. I write for WestHamTillIDie.com. And I do a podcast of my own at MoreThanJustAPodcast.co.uk. And that's more as in Bobby Moore, M-O-O-R-E. Yep. Thanks for joining us. And I'm sure we'll speak soon. Cheers. Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier, and along with Kate Spencer, I host Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. Join us every Wednesday with guests like author Phoebe Robinson, chef Samin Nosrat, actress Busy Phillips, 
and even former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright. On Mondays and Fridays, we have many episodes where we answer listeners' questions on everyday problems like how useful a butt mask really is, how to deal with a petty friend, or how to relax after a long day. So join us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Forever 35, where we're not experts, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs>